This is a Texas Poets Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Soros. Each month, we interview a well-known Texas poet to learn about the writing of poetry, the poetic landscape of Texas, and a poem written by another Texas poet. Today's program features Cyrus Cassells. Cyrus Cassells, a professor of English at Texas State University, is the author of five acclaimed books of poetry, The Mud Actor, Soul Make a Path Through Shouting, Beautiful Senor, More Than Peace and Cypresses, and The Crossed Out Swastika. His sixth book, The Gospel According to Wild Indigo, is forthcoming. Among his honors are a Lanham Literary Award, a William Carlos Williams Award, and a Lambda Literary Award. Hello, Cyrus. Hello, Stephen. Cyrus, each month we invite our guest poet to share a poem by another Texas poet. What poem have you chosen for us today? I've chosen a poem called God Breaks the Heart Again and Again Until It Stays Open by Sandra Cisneros. Uh, I've been teaching an American poetry survey course this semester, and I found Sandra's poem in a journal called Huisache, which is put out by the University of Houston at Victoria. And I was so thrilled with this poem, I wanted to start the semester with this Sandra Cisneros poem. Um, Sandra Cisneros is probably better known as a fiction writer. Uh, her first book, The House on Mango Street, is considered a contemporary classic. But I've always loved her poetry as well. Uh, she has a book called Loose Woman and My Wicked, Wicked Ways, which give you a sense of the persona in her poetry, which is often bold and dynamic, uh, rule-breaking Latina. It's, it's one of those poems that, that relies heavily on anaphora, which is the repetition of a phrase. And it's inspired uh, from a quote by a Sufi a mystic named Inayat Khan. Let's listen now as Laura Pena reads Sandra Cisneros' God Breaks the Heart Again and Again Until It Stays Open. God Breaks the Heart Again and Again Until It Stays Open after a quote from Sufi Inayat Khan. But what if my heart is a 7-Eleven after its third daytime holdup in a week? What if my heart is a piñata, trash to tissue and peppermint shrapnel? What if my heart is a peeled mango bearing an emerald housefly? What if my heart is an air conditioner, weeping a rosary of rusty tears? What if my heart is Sebastião Salgado's sinkhole swallowing another child? What if my heart is Death Valley in Whiteview Cinemascope? What if my heart is a chupacabra black star swallowing the cosmos? What if my heart is the creepy uncle's yawning zipper? What if my heart is a Pentecostal babbling a river of tongues? What if my heart is the cross-eyed Jesus bought at the Poteet flea market? What if my heart is El Paso, Texas in bed with the corpse of Ciudad Juarez? What if my heart is unhinged from the weight of its lice-ridden wings. What then for an encore, O oh, my soul, when you have blessed me a hundredfold? Tell us what it is about the poem that attracts you to it so much. I think the, the, the images in the poem are both mundane, that almost anyone could relate to them, and they're, they have a whimsical, rich... Um, almost hyperbolic quality at the same time. Um, I love the repetition of the, you know, what if my heart, 
uh, in the poem that that pulls us into, I think, the thinking process of the speaker or the emotional process of almost like working rosary beads or something, thinking over and over, using starting with the same pr- phrase, um, by using essentially mundane imagery and connecting it to the heart, it 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 makes it makes those mundane images a little bit more um, dazzling and special somehow. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the element of surprise. It's, it's embedded in every single line almost yes. be- because of these extraordinary, um, extravagant, eccentric comparisons she's yeah. making. Yeah. Um, what if my heart is unhinged from the weight of its lice-ridden wings? Well, that's like a universal kind of soaring image there that 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 connects with a sense of wanting to be free or liberated somehow I like that and what then for an encore it's like oh okay what else can I think of what other imaginative link between uh, my emotions and and the reality uh, the realities of the world that I live in can I connect myself to there piñatas everyone's I think pretty familiar with piñatas um there was a scandal recently in Austin where the piñata store in my neighborhood, I live in East Austin, was bulldozed down by developers. It was a big scandal there. I don't know if people heard about that. But piñatas usually are associated with um, with birthday parties here. And bashing. And Yes, and bashing them. Um, what if my heart is a peeled mango bearing an emerald housefly? My student, Daniela, said, well, you know, mangoes are my favorite my favorite fruit and the housefly seems like a betrayal of the sweetness of yes. the mango or the the housefly is like a traitor to the to the image there which i thought was really a cool way of relating to that there let's talk about the title how do you see the title and the the poem that we have interacting well i think the title opens up the the intention of the poet and the reality of the of the, uh, the poem because the poem is pretty specifically you know located here in Texas and San Antonio but it opens up the whole mystical dimension of of the poet speaker's search for what's authentic and true uh, in regard to um, emotional quest and that's not specifically romantic that's what's interesting about the poem we hear the word heart every line but and we're used to thinking of heart in romantic terms, but this poem opens it out quite a bit um, and suggests that the inner emotional world is connected to all sorts of everyday phenomena that we might not consider. So the the, the mention of God in the title um, expands it, and I think it sort of links it to a whole historical tradition of of creating some path to God through prayer or a mantra. Uh, uh, that's the way I see the title working and expands it into the realm of um, spiritual quest, religious and ecstatic poetry. But do you see Cisneros um, confirming the wisdom of this aphorism? God breaks the heart again and again until it stays open? Or do you see the poem working against that spiritual wisdom? And I how think, how do you read that last line? I think the the final line is crucial. Yeah. Um, 
I think I, I experience it as an affirmation. Um, I think there's a candor in Sandra's poetry. Uh, often it's about relationship candor and, and uh, a search for an acceptance of experience that might not seem perfect uh, or even good, but is still somehow revealing and empowering for the speaker of the poem. And there's so much vulnerability in the repetition of the phrase, but what if my heart, but what if my heart, um, which f- I think connects it to that whole tradition of, of um, literature that's like, like asking God or saying, well, what, how, how do I live my life as an authentic human being? How do I love as an authentic human being? And, um, What's real? What? Where do I turn to? There, there is a, there is a, a sense of, um, as one of my students put it, inner turmoil going on that seems authentic to me. But there's, but it's laced with a lot of humor. It's like, okay, life is full of, of, uh, you know, trip ups and problems and things, and I'm going to get myself through all that marathon and the hurdles, and I don't know what I'm going to get for that, whether it's a prize or a bouquet or a kiss. Or something, but I know there. I know there's something valuable there, but I have to keep um, the breaking. Breaking the heart again and again is uh, the crucible and the and the challenge um, that we all uh, have to face. I guess. And it sounds like she's in the midst of that. Definitely, uh, it's not over yet. No, and, no, and she hasn't achieved that spiritual openness that the, no. the title and this uh, Sufi. Uh, Ex- excellent point, Stephen. Promises. It's a process, right? Uh, she puts us in, in the, the speaker's terminal and process of, and it's coming out in these amazing, to, to many of us, humorous references to life, um, everyday life and life here in Texas and life in San Antonio. And the very first word of the poem is but. But, So yeah. there's, there's kind of a dialogue, I think, with, mm-hmm. with this uh, – aphoristic wisdom yeah. of, of the Sufi. Yeah, aphoristic wisdom is a wonderful way of putting it. And the but is, in, you know, grammatically they often tell us, you know, you're not supposed to start with, you know, start that way. I can't so think a, of any other poem that begins with but. Yeah, so there's the implication, of course, that something as unspoken has been there before and the unspoken is, is, the, is this sort of question in the language that you receive from, um, maybe she received from the Sufi tradition there. Um, so I think what happens is that we've got this mystical teaching and then the poet's like, well, how does that apply to me as a uh, Latina, as a Texas poet, as a Texas person or a San Antonio person? Where where does all that lofty spiritual questioning relate to my everyday life? And let me tell you about it. Yeah. You know, uh, here are some examples. Yeah. And I'll, I'll give you some more. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, well, what about this? Is How do, how, how do I connect my uh, experience uh, – how do I make sense of my experience? I mean, a lot of what poetry is doing for us is helping us to make sense of our worlds, our world and worlds somehow. Um, you know, a lot of our original poetry comes out of it, out of our love troubles. And there's the implication with the word heart that there's some of that there too maybe. But it's it's like trying to work out a, a, a problem or an equation or emotional emotional problem or issue there that I think is at the heart of this mechanism in the poem that she found this very juicy, fun mechanism for all of his stuff, which is, which is pretty 
you know, it's kind of heavy. But there's a buoyancy to this poem, which is why I wanted to start off my semester with it, you know, showing my students, oh, here's a San Antonio poet who wrote this poem, and and it's a it's an amazing poem. It's full of energy, and yet it's still serious underneath. And still, it's questioning. amazingly serious. She's yeah. she's challenging the uh, abstract concept of um, Sufi mysticism mm-hmm. um, with arrestingly. Um, fresh and eccentric images. Yes. Um, and yet the ending gets back to this this serious, hard-hitting exploration that she has embarked upon yeah. in this poem. Uh, it, to me, it seems cynical. Uh, it seems facetious. Uh, you know, what, well, it is. what's it's, the encore? What have you, what more have well, you yeah. asked me? What well, more yeah. yeah, you know, I hadn't really thought of it that way, but I see what you're saying exactly now. I thought I guess for me when I read it I thought I thought the speaker was being a little bit more serious about like it's almost like the speaker's lamenting like Job. It's like, okay, what else are you gonna send my way? Job gets an answer. Yeah. <laughs> and he backs off. Yeah. She doesn't get an answer. True. True. But I think you're right. There's for me it's like comic, it's a little bit of a lament. But I also think it's it's serious at the same time. It's like this is how um experience sort of trains the soul through all of the sort of obstacles and marathons and, and the the lows and the highs and all of that. So there's this there's you could also interpret there's this readiness like, okay, God, like what else are you gonna send my way here? Okay, heart, you know, what else what else are you gonna go through? How many times are you gonna be broken there? And the experience of reading the poem is a kind of marathon, too. Yeah. There's a, a marathon of metaphysical conceits. Mm-hmm. You're right. You have to work your way through. It's, it's overwhelming, mm. but her experience has been overwhelming. Yeah. Apart from Sandra Cisneros, is there another Texas poet you happen to be reading right now that you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Well, I'm really thrilled and excited that my former uh, grad student, Tomas Marine, has become such a significant poet. And I had the opportunity to read with him recently at the Texas Book Festival. So he has, he has a book of poems that won the Honickman the Prize from uh, American Poetry Review. And I think he's just a, a stunning poet, um, a poet who's been influenced by uh, – Phil Levine was one of his mentors as well. So it's exciting to see your own students really take off and find their own voice because his voice is, is different from from – my voice or Phil's voice or other poets I know. And he has a second book of poems coming out, I think within a year or two. Cyrus, we also want to ask you to read one of your own short poems for us. Uh, The poem I chose is in my last book of poems, published book of poems, The Crossed Out Swastika. The Crossed Out Swastika is a book of poems about the integrity of young people in World War II. A lot of them are narrative poems. The poem I've chosen to read is toward the end of the book. It's a poem that was inspired by the art of the German uh, artist Kata Kollwitz and by Heinrich um, Gorecki's Third Symphony, which emphasizes mourning and motherhood. It's called A Great Beauty. And when her son never returned... From the meant-to-crush-him camps, the crucible of Poland, always hard at work Isa slept for endless hours, and once under her lids she was led by diligent female virgils 
to a vast meadow where an inspirited Isa embraced, one by one, countless women who remained in mourning for their cherished sons. Gallant and stricken, together the myriad bereaved but defiant women formed an ever-widening circle, prodigal with bitter tears, and then suddenly, like a jackdaw darting from eve to sun-drenched eve, something flew between the throats of the grieving, heart-gutted mothers, and a great beauty arose. In the dream, Isa recalled, the singing of the herald women with war-taken sons hushed the world's barrenness. In the dream, the startling river of sound altered the embattled earth. What an extraordinary poem, Cyrus. Thank you for sharing that with us. I like the way your poem engages with Sandra Cisneros's poem through a kind of inverse relationship. God Breaks the Heart Again and Again Until It Stays Open begins with a spiritual affirmation in the title, only to be challenged and undercut by the poem itself, at least as I read it. Your poem begins by describing the suffering of mothers who have lost a son to war, but works up to an unexpected and extraordinary affirmation of the spiritual and redemptive power of mother's grief expressed collectively. Wow, that's a beautiful... Does that work for you? Yeah, that's a beautiful interpretation there. It's been such a pleasure to visit with you today, Cyrus Cassells. I look forward to reading more of your work, such as your forthcoming The Gospel According to Wild Indigo. Texas Poets Podcast is the creation of Terry Jude Miller and is produced by Ann McCready at Inspiratory.com with creative support from Texas Poet Laureate Carla K. Morton. The music for this show was performed by Ed and Mim Freita. Additional support is provided by Texas Christian University. Our website is TexasPoetsPodcast.com. We welcome donations. The address for contributions is on our website. I'm your host, Stephen Soros. Join us each month for a new podcast in the Texas Poets Podcast series to learn more about the poets of Texas. <laughs>